0: This morning as I was spending my time in prayer and thinking about the readings for this weekend, I just kind of suddenly became fascinated with something. So I was thinking about how there are many among us in this church who have been coming to Mass for much longer than I've been alive. And we hear this gospel passage, so I know it's not read every week, but it's like at least once every three years, this gospel passage is read. And it's still sort of not exactly clear how we're supposed to live according to this gospel passage. Like it's, I mean, it seems like Jesus is being somewhat straightforward, but it seems like there's still some confusion about like, well, what. Is, what does that mean, practically speaking, for my life and for yours? And then what's more, we can expand even beyond that, right? Like the Catholic Church, Christianity, is 2,000 years old. So to me, it just it seems fascinating, strange, interesting in the Minnesota sense of the world word. What's the deal? Like, why does it not seem clear? Like, how is it that even when I read different biblical commentaries, right? So books that are written with the scriptures and people who know about the scriptures commenting on, well, this is what Jesus means. Even when I read those, there are different ways that people talk about this passage. That just seems strange to me. And as I was thinking about it, I was just thinking like, okay, there's probably a number of of factors that, that go into this. I think there's a number of factors that go into preachers preaching about this. One is that it's, I mean, anytime you talk about money, it's a really sensitive topic, right? I've heard stories of people who Uh, you know, like I came back to the church one weekend and they were talking about money and I decided I'd never go again because all they do is talk about money. I mean, we don't don't do that here. So come back next weekend and we'll talk about some other sensitive topic like mass times or something, you know? But that's, that's always present, at least in my mind it is. Whenever a passage about money or wealth comes up, it's present in my mind that I know it's a sensitive topic and so I want to not scare people away. You know, so that's, that's present. But then on top of that, I was thinking like, even among priests, we don't all live this the same way. Like we all know of, of priests, some who live very simple lives and some who live very luxurious lives. And so it seems like even among the clergy, and then everything in between, right? So everything, like the, the simplest, poorest priests and the, maybe we could say, more complex or luxurious priests and then everything in between. And, and so there's, I can, I can imagine for the lay faithful and even for me as a young priest, there's just an incredible amount of inconsistency regarding how do the clergy, the leaders of the church, even live this out. And so if there's inconsistency among the leadership of the church, then like, what are the rest of us supposed to do? Right? If, we're, if we're missing out on good examples, or if we're not even sure who the good examples are, then it's like, well, I don't, if they can't figure it out, I'm not even going to try and right, I think that that can go into our sort of interpretation of these more sensitive, dip, difficult topics. So all of that is in my mind. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to look at it. So I find this when, when I feel pressure to interpret a passage and to get it just right. I find that one, that that pressure is not from the Lord but even better, it's good for me to like, take a step back and look at the different principles that are at play. So to look at this rich young man and to, to like, examine him a little bit from afar and to see if there are any principles working in his life that can apply to my life. So that whether I'm sensitive about money or about other topics, I can try to apply those principles and the principles that Jesus is talking about. So as, as I talk about these things, I also want to be clear, like Jesus is very practical. To follow after Jesus is a very practical thing. So I'm, I'm not merely saying, well, it's up to you to figure out. That's not, that's not what I want to get across. What I want to get across is that we actually have to be very practical and that the Lord asks very practical things of us, but to get to the practical things, we first sort of need to like, examine ourselves and our general disposition of, of how we approach Jesus and ask him to teach us. And this is, this is maybe the, the first point. So we see this young man, right? He's, he's coming up to Jesus, and you can imagine, there's a lot of imagination that has to come into play, and I think that's another factor is people when they're imagining this, they don't know the tone of the young man who's speaking. Some people think that, that he's coming up to Jesus with like this sort of arrogant kind of tone, like, I've already got it all figured out, Jesus. So you know, Just confirm to me that I've already got it figured out. Other people interpret it as though like, he's this eager, like, I want to be taught kind of person. Like, I'm just like, I see that you're a good teacher and I'm just, I'm excited to be taught by you. Right, so there's a a difference. And so in our imagination, we have to sort of ask the Lord, like, help us, Jesus, to experience this young man and this passage the way that you experienced it 2,000 years ago. Or maybe we can insert ourselves into the place of the rich young man, even if we're, we're ourselves not rich. But to insert ourselves in his place and sort of ask that question, How do I approach Jesus? When I come to pray, when I come to read scripture, when I come to worship, how do I approach him? Do I approach him with the mindset in the back of my mind, I've already got it figured out. He should be so lucky that I'm actually coming to him. For some of us, that's actually our mindset. Or do I have a different mindset that just like, I'm so lucky to come to him. What fortune have I found that I can come to Jesus and be taught by him? What a a gift! Right? How do we approach Jesus? So depending on how you do that, that's gonna sort of mold how you interpret the rest of the passage. But nonetheless, right, so this guy comes up, he's like, what do I do? Jesus is very clear at first, right? Very clear, and this is where it's practical. You know the commandments. So the first thing to point out here is that Jesus' response is very practical. You know the commandments. And so, brothers and sisters, if you or I, as we're reading Scripture, as we're coming to the Lord, if we're not keeping the commandments of God, We have to start there. How do I enter into life? The man says. Keep the commandments, Jesus says. What's the logical conclusion to that? If I'm not keeping the commandments, I will not enter into life eternally. That's a huge point that we cannot miss. And then things get a little stickier, right? So then things get stickier. Uh, he's like, okay, I'm doing all of that. So Jesus says, you're lacking one thing. Go and sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. Right? To, to enter into life, to, to enter into eternal life, to follow Jesus. But there's something about this, this very practical thing, right? Go sell what you have. It's as though Jesus sees deeper into this man than this man even sees into himself, which I think is a really great point about the second reading, right? The word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. It's as though Jesus looks at this man and he sees that there is an area in his life that is untouchable. That this man comes to him and asks for teaching, whether he's sincere or insincere, doesn't matter. But that he comes to him and asks for teaching. And Jesus, it says he looks at him and he loves him. And so it's like by his gaze, the gaze of his eyes penetrates, right? Jesus, who is the word of God, the gaze of his eyes penetrates beneath the surface of this rich young man. And he sees deep within him. There's an area of your life that you're not going to let me touch. So I'm going to touch it. I'm going to poke at it. So that you can see this. Right? This young man, it's as though he comes to Jesus, not with open hands, like Jesus, teach me. He might even have come to Jesus in sincerity. Jesus, teach me, but he's holding behind his back, in his hands, this one thing that's just not touchable. Jesus, teach me, but don't bring this thing up. Jesus, teach me, but I'm refusing to change in this way back here, because I just, I can't imagine living without it, right? It makes me think, actually, a couple weeks ago. Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Right? It's as though he's got this thing that to him, it feels like it's his arm. It feels like it's his eye, and so he's just refusing to cut it off. And so this is, this is I think, the principle that, that Jesus wants us to, to approach this weekend. Is there anything in your life that is untouchable to God any area in your life where you just refuse to be taught by the lord and by his church for some of us it is actually about our money that we say no i love god but don't talk to me about money for some of us it's other things i love god and i'm ready to worship him but don't even bring up abortion i love god and i'm ready to worship him but let's not talk about marriage and who can get married, and who can't get married. I love God, Jesus, I'm ready to be taught by you. But don't bring up this thing or that thing. Don't tell me that I have to come to Mass every weekend. Don't tell me that I have to view all people as equally valuable. Don't tell me that I have to sometimes choose you, God, over my family. Right, is there any area in your life that is untouchable when you approach Jesus, any area in your life where you are maybe especially sensitive, so that if the preacher preaches about it, or if someone talks about the Catholic Church teaches this, or this is what's found in Scripture, you just get really sensitive and defensive to the point of saying, Don't talk to me about that. Who are you to talk about that? Or I know the church teaches this, but the church just needs to catch up with the times. If there are areas in your life like that, brothers and sisters, we're just like the rich young man. Maybe money's not our thing. Maybe we actually don't, like we're totally detached from it. Praise God if that's the case. Although I think a lot more of us are attached to our money than we think. But if, if money is not our thing, maybe we have something else where we actually need to come to the Lord and we need to ask him, Jesus, gaze into my heart and poke at that sensitive thing so that I can be aware that my life is not yet fully given over to you. Poke at me, Jesus, and talk to me about these things so that I can at least be aware that when I come to you, there's a certain kind of sadness so that I can repent of it. Because this is the thing, brothers and sisters. The rich young man didn't have to walk away forever. It could be the case, and we don't actually know this, it could be the case that after he walked away from Jesus, he had some time to reflect on his sadness. He had some time to reflect on the deep attachment that he had to this thing. his wealth. And it could be the case that he could have repented. Now we don't know whether he did or didn't. And that's kind of where I think it just applies really well to us. That if you are one, if I am one who has a sensitive topic with the Lord, a topic where we just say, Jesus, anything but this. If you have something like that, then each one of us has the opportunity to repent, to actually change our minds using our will that God gave to us to say, I am no longer going to think this way because I want to receive the wisdom of God and I want to receive treasures in heaven. And so I am ready to renounce whatever thought patterns I have that match up more with the world and less with Jesus. I'm willing to renounce that so that I can match my thoughts with the thoughts of God and His church. I'm willing to use my will to change my mind, to repent to turn from the way that I'm going so that I can follow Jesus. Because he's God. How could I not follow him? How could I insist on my own way when we're talking about treasure that lasts forever? Could I insist on my own way? When it's his way that is so wise, it's his way that is so good, it's his way that leads to life eternal.